Well, happy Pentecost. Our sanctuary is decked out in red to symbolize the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is God, so to talk about the Holy Spirit would be inexhaustible. But I'm going to make just three points today about the Holy Spirit. First, the Holy Spirit unites us. Spirit of unity. In a world fraught with division, how much we need the spirit of unity, the Holy Spirit today. The devil is always seeking to divide, to scatter. The Holy Spirit draws us into communion with God and into communion with one another. That's why we hear in that second reading that we, though many, are drawn together as one body in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's always trying to reconcile, heal the wounds of sin and division. So that's why on Pentecost Sunday we have the gospel about the institution of the sacrament of reconciliation. Now the story of Pentecost should remind you of an Old Testament story. The story of the Tower of Babel. Remember that story in Genesis? So God's people in their pride, they want to make a name for themselves. So they build a tower up into the sky because they think that they, through their own works, can pierce the heavens and encounter God. And God confuses their language. What is the point of the story of Babel? Pride and sin lead to disunity. And now in the story of Pentecost, we see how the Holy Spirit is undoing the sin of Babel. Because all these people who are from different languages and tribes and nations are gathered at Pentecost. And they can all hear the apostles preaching in their own native language. So the Holy Spirit draws them all back together and undoes the sin of Babel. The Holy Spirit's always reconciling, drawing us together. That's why we, again, have this gospel about reconciliation. Well, on that note about confession, I want to share the story about St. Claude Le Combert, a French Jesuit who was assigned to be the confessor and spiritual director at a convent. And when he arrived, the mother superior said, Father, there's kind of some disturbance happening among the sisters here because one of the novices claims that Jesus is appearing to her and is causing a stir among the sisters. So Father Claude said, well, have this novice identify herself in confession. So this novice comes into confession and says, Father, I'm the one to whom Jesus is appearing. My name is Margaret Mary, St. Margaret Mary Alago, whom the Sacred Heart of Jesus indeed was appearing to. And so Father Claude says, okay, well, if I'm to believe Jesus is really appearing to you, I want you to ask Jesus a question. When he appears to you, ask him, what was it that I confessed in my last confession? A couple of weeks go by and Margaret Mary comes back to confession and Father Claude says, did you ask Jesus what I told you? Yes, Father. What did he say? Jesus said, I don't remember. I don't remember. See, this is the beautiful good news of confession, that our sins in confession are really blotted out and God no longer remembers them. 
Can you imagine if we have the ability to forget the hurts done to us, how our relationships would be perfectly restored? And this is what happens when we go to confession. God not only forgives, but forgets, and our relationship is perfectly restored with God. Why would we stay away from this sacrament? It's the way that God blots out our sin and remembers them no more. Now, the second point about the Holy Spirit is through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God is close to us. Sometimes I think we fall into this trap of thinking, well, God is somewhere way out there. But no, through the Holy Spirit, God is close to us. God dwells in our soul. There's a story of a beggar who was on his deathbed and he was going to give the tools of his begging to his son. So he gave his son this cloth bag that he used for begging and this dirty bronze bowl. And so the son takes his father's tools for begging and begins using them. And one day this gold merchant came and dropped a coin in his bowl and he heard the ring that it made and he said, can I see your bowl? And he looked at the bowl and he said, Why are you begging? You're a rich man. This bowl is made in pure gold. You see, as Christians, I think we so often don't see the treasure that we have in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit under the surface, dwelling in our soul, through our baptism, through our confirmation, is the very spirit of life of God. Remember when God created Adam, God breathed his spirit, his life breath into Adam's nostrils. And Adam and Eve were alive with the very life of God, with the very spirit of God. But we know the story. They fell from grace. They lost the gift of God's spirit. And so then God's people thought, well, maybe God wants to dwell in a building. So they built the temple and indeed the spirit of God came down in the Holy of Holies. And God dwelt among his people in the temple. But that was never God's plan just to dwell in the walls of a building. He again, in the fullness of time, wanted to take up his dwelling in his people. And now it's through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we become living stones of God's temple. That's why St. Paul says, did you not know you are God's building? This is how close God is to us. He dwells the very life of God through the gift of the Spirit is within us. And that's going to be the source of peace in our life, to recognize God's indwelling presence. And this leads to my final point about the Holy Spirit. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to take over our lives, to direct our lives. So we call the Spirit our advocate, our helper, our guide. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Just this last week, I was talking to two separate individuals who are going through real suffering and difficulty, and my main encouragement to them was this. Don't try to do this alone. We so often fall back into our self-reliance. Why do we try to do it alone? The Holy Spirit wants to do it for us. This is what Jesus told St. Margaret Mary. Let me do it. I'll do it for you, Margaret Mary. But we got to give the Holy Spirit permission to just direct our lives. So this is my encouragement to all of us as we go forward today, each day. 
pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Use me as an instrument of your peace and consolation and love in the world. Pray. So if you're going into a meeting, if you're going into lunch, invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you direct me who you want me to sit next to. Give me the words you want me to say in this meeting. Help me to listen with your ears. We can invite the Holy Spirit to direct our whole lives. Mother Teresa said, I want to be a pencil in the hand of God. And God's going to write the story of my life. And believe me, when God writes the story of your life and my life, it's going to be much greater than the very small plans we have for our own life. Just a week ago, we celebrated Monsignor Vince Crisci's funeral, and that's what we really celebrated at his funeral mass. The preacher said, look, Father Vince really gave himself over to the Holy Spirit. Now look at the great and amazing things God did with his life. He was the chaplain at the University of Kansas for 28 years. The Holy Spirit can do great things, surprises Amazing plans for our life, but we give him permission. Come, Holy Spirit, set us on fire with the divine love of Jesus. Heal us, console us, reconcile us, pour the love of Jesus in our hearts. Make us aware of your presence. Be our helper, our guide. Direct our lives so that we can bear fruit for your kingdom.